2: The Steve Rosenbloom. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81 year old lady. She got off the <laughs> floor and then, and but I was it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like, their, like
3: shot. Channel Two News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm gonna dunk his ass. They suck.
1: So you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members
2: of the WB. Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote Stink, Stank, Stunk.
1: It's Saturday Suckage on the score.
2: We should be six seventy WSUK. Welcome in. I'm Steve Rosenbloom. This is Saturday Suckage. Let's see who else is here. Let's take the Suckage Roll Call. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta.
4: This sucks. Really, it does.
2: Albert Almora.
4: Damn, Willie, man. Do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace
5: the suck. Eloy! Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. And hey, when, when I got traded to the next day, oh, welcome to the Sock team.
2: Toby! Oh, my God, the suck! Random Bears fan. At the we suck!
1: Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do.
2: Hendricks.
5: I wouldn't say seeking perfection, it's just mainly trying not to suck.
2: Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras.
5: Losing, losing, suck. I'll tell you that and, and that's all I can say.
2: George went. We had fun, um, but there you go. I suck. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. This sucks. This sucks. Candice Parker.
3: Um, I mean, it sucks. Mark Grody. I'll tell you what sucks is when you get up in the morning. And you press the little button on your coffee machine, and the coffee doesn't come out. When an automatic routine of your life does not work, is there anything worse than having to make that hasty run to Starbucks and get – and I love Starbucks – and get the coffee? So that's where I'm at right now, Steve. I'm a little bit less sunshiny than you right now, but I have had a sip of coffee, so this almost didn't happen on time.
2: Did you run into Chance the Rapper? You're a good... Your neighborhood buddy. Did you run into him? I did not. That
3: no, oh. no Chicago story today. I haven't run into Chance for a long time. I, I've I've seen his car in the neighborhood, but I've not had that Chance encounter with him as I did... What was that? It was right before the pandemic started. I'm just walking down East Ohio Street, and there's Chance the Rapper with a lovely lady and uh, a young child. And I just said, hey, what's up, Chance? And he's like, hey, what's going on? So that was it.
2: And... Yeah, and we're still waiting for you to book him for the show. <laughs> I'd this sure is... like
3: to get him on the sideline one of these days. If I if I had had more time or if I felt like I had had more time to speak to him that day, if I had my bearings straight, I would have gotten into the sports conversation. But it was – I was like, the dude's with his child. It's a beautiful day. He's with his lovely lady and his lovely child. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and fanboy on this guy. I'm going to let him enjoy the
2: rest of his day. So that's what I did. Maybe he needed maybe he needed some fanboy therapy. You never I, know. I mean, it's
3: possible. I mean, he was wearing the four baseball cap. Like, it wasn't like he was trying to hide himself necessarily when he's got <laughs> the cap on. Or the three cap.
2: Well, you could have told him that your radio partner uses him as an inspiration for my rap name, which is Chance the rabbi. So I think that we might have been the attractant.
3: That would have been about third in line, but I was going to get to (laughs) all of that.
5: Uh,
2: He's Mark Grody. He's on this show. It is his show. Half of it is his show. He hasn't been on this show but on Saturday's Suckage, we like to revive our near-award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And in advance of the Bears playing, going up to Minnesota and playing the evil, dreaded, depraved Vikings, we are, we are lucky enough to have with us the host of What Mark Heard. That would be Mark Grody.
3: That's right, and I will be blasting off for Minnesota a little bit later on today. Hoping to have a nice dinner, and uh, Eden Prairie tonight is where I, I think I'm going to end up with a buddy of mine. So, yes, I will be live on the sidelines for you on Sunday and you ready to get this thing rocking, Steve? You got any other proper?s to do, or are we good to go here? What do you want to do? Well, I,
2: I can get to the proper?s later. I can tell everybody that you're joining us on the Score Hotline, which is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And by the way, you as, as you patrol the sidelines for WBBM 780 AM, our brother station, and chat with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, the sidelines thing, there is a major Bears fan – a major Bears couple that proves that stars, they're just like you and I. They would have been on the sideline. And there's a story how they they're they lie to people the same way we lie to people. I'll get to that. I'll get to that oh. later on. Okay. I'll get to that later on in the show. The celeb factor. Yeah, well there is, is a
3: celeb the... factor on the sidelines, man. You know, I've met a many <laughs> celebrities, whether sports celebrities or the Kim Kardashian or Kim Kardashian uh really jake cutler's ex-wife uh what's her name oh kristen cavallari yeah i've met kristen uh-huh. and you know very, uh, the, the dick butt obviously and whomever is hanging out on the sideline so someday i will report to you on all of that gossip
2: I that would be great i would fill the three hours i would i would like that you should come yeah. on and just talk sideline celebrity oh yeah that's There's a, a, that's a show.
3: I'm telling you, the work in the side. uh, No, no, you're right. Work in the sidelines. It's its own community. Really is. Uh, It's like for three hours before the game, I'm down there just talking to people, and you know, there's the communications people you get to know. I get to know the the emergency response guys are there because you know they're the last line of defense out there. Something really goes wrong. So I'm telling you, the security guards I've gotten close with. I mean, it's a whole it's a whole world
2: on the sidelines, and it's fun. Kind of a biosphere, football biosphere. Down yes, there. that's a good, that's a own, great way to put it. You're your own community. And, we are. And Tom and Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer should be lucky that you bother talking to them, given your, <laughs> your given your status in that. Right. In I that mean, world. honestly,
3: I'd I'd rather sit there and talk to Pam Oliver than talk to those guys. So well, you know, or or whomever yeah. is working the sidelines, because we work we work together. I work together with the national people. We we share things if necessary, not everything, but some things.
2: So who was, I, we're going to get to what Mark occurred, and I have a question about a uh, topic I'm sure we'll get to, but what was, and we can tease this for the next time we have a chance to talk about this, greatest celebrity encounter on the sideline of a Bears game? I know all about you and your good buddy Ed doing the Cubs in 2015 and 2016, but... Greatest celeb non-football. Oh wow! Non- <clears> like <throat> not here. Like you know, Dick Butkus. Okay, that's tremendous to be able to have met him. But that's football. Let's greatest celeb encounter on the sideline. Tease us, and then we'll get back to that later. And our mm. audience, our audience, our audience. our audience, our audience is our audience singular
3: is anxiously awaiting all of it. I think. Me, I know this. This sucks because a lot a lot of people kind of shake their heads when they well you shouldn't I think I I, I think I really love uh, the, one of my favorite ones was my first year doing the sidelines in 2018 and it was Bill Murray and yes that,
2: yeah why does yeah. that suck
3: well it's no, Bill because M- I know, you know that, that
2: there's Bill Murray
3: I know there's like four or five names that are always around the Chicago sports teams and Bill Murray is one of them so I just don't want people to get tired of hearing that but you shouldn't and he was just hilarious because he was more fanboyant. It was, it was the Green Bay and the Bears, and he was just hanging out and loving on anybody who he possibly could love on. I mean, I chatted with him for a while. He pretended like he knew who I was. He had no idea who I was, and he was just great. So it was, it was fun to watch. Like, he was so anxious to be there and excited and like a little kid. So I think probably I enjoyed my Bill Murray experience the most.
2: As well, you should. That's that's an A-lister right there. Good for it you. It is. That's we'll, right. We'll talk more about what happened in that experience. Yeah. But sure. for now, our new award-winning segment, "What Mark Heard," in which Mark hears stuff during the week on the score and at Hallis Hall, and shares it with us, and then we discuss.
3: Yes, and there there is obviously much to discuss with the offense, and I I, I know the offensive stuff is more interesting to discuss and people are anxious to know and to know when the offense is going to be good. So we're going to get to that. There's going to be a huge focus on that. But one of the the really confounding things about a Matt Eberflus coach team, a Alan Williams coach team, the defensive coordinator, mm. is no. why in the world this team cannot stop the run. And it has been ugly this year at times. And so – we asked Alan Williams, the Bears' defensive coordinator, what the heck is get? – let's get specific here. What's going on on why the Bears <laughs> cannot stop the run? Mr. Williams, please.
5: The main issue is really just execution, and it's one thing here, one thing here. It could be a tackle, it could be poor eyes, it could be slow fit. When you start with, a, and I'd say a new defense, new guys, you know, you chip away. You try to work on consistency and execution. The problematic thing is everyone wants to, to make every play. Everyone wants to, to help out, and, and sometimes that can lead to, hey, I'm not in my gap because I'm going to help a guy over here.
3: That seems to be the big thing right there. Now, Alan Williams was nice about it, saying that, oh, this guy wants to help out another guy. He's in his gap, but he's then not taking care of his own responsibilities. And that's when you hear defensive coaches talk about discipline. That's what they're talking about. Like, it... They, you feel like there's a play to be made right here, but no, you need to cover your space because if you don't cover your space, then they'll make a sharp left turn into your gap.
2: Well, the Bears have given up a league worst one hundred eighty three point three rushing yards, and they're two and two, and it feels like a, the worst two and two ever. It feels like you should be worse than two and two. They got run over for two hundred sixty two yards, and there were a lot of open holes. So, what he's really being diplomatic about is he's talking about not trusting the guy next to you to be where he's supposed to be because all you have to do is be where you're supposed to be like you know the whole idea you have one job just do it you have one job and in baseball managers like to say the ball will find you if you're ill-equipped if you're in the wrong place if you're in the wrong space the ball will find you and guess what if you're in the wrong gap the running back's going to find it there's going to be a hole and this year we've seen that we've seen them get we've seen them get run over run through and here comes dalvin cook i don't know what might be expected what might it, it were there any indications from players or coaches this week that we're just going to stay in our gaps and see what happens was there anything more than that was there any <laughs> i mean i don't know i yeah beyond, you mean like try, def- in, in, in trying to figure well, out what's this, wrong yeah the way this defense is played if you're in your gap you're doing the right thing. And then they're going to pass and if they're not and the bears aren't going to blitz and if Robert Quinn can be can wake up more than one sack a, a month and if Roquan can play, you know, have a decent game against a team that's not garbage, then then maybe the bears defense could do something, but it it seems like I expected baby steps with the offense. I really didn't expect baby steps with the defense.
3: Same. Same. This of, is a little of, bit It's a little bit surprising. I've got to be honest with you. I'm I'm always surprised in this day and age of the NFL when teams struggle against the run. I I just am because it's a passing league, and at minimum, don't look. Well, it's because
2: they're not used to seeing it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that could be. That could be, and they're going to get a good taste of it tomorrow with – with Dalvin Cook, and, you know, Cook yeah. hasn't had a spectacular season, but he's still Dalvin Cook. He, he hasn't lost a step or anything like that from the people that I've talked to in Minnesota, and it's just, you know, he just hasn't had – I don't think he's had a 100-yard game yet this season, so he just hasn't blasted off. And the Bears have had some really nice games through the years with obviously completely different personnel against Dalvin Cook, but he's also run away on them, and obviously – this, I mean, there's two huge concerns, and they're legit. Usually, it's just easy to pick out the star players and say, all right, we're going to watch these guys." But in this case, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson can do some serious damage. We know the trouble the Bears have had against the run, and then, hey, you're not going to, you're not going to have Jalen Johnson tomorrow. I know he's doubtful on the injury list, so there's still that glimmer. He's not playing tomorrow. There's no way. So again, Kyler Gordon is going to get picked on. Kyler Oof. Gordon has struggled this year. Oof. And, yeah, I, I, ta- I actually talked to Kyler Gordon for the pregame show, and we talked about it all. And, you know, it wasn't like a – it was trying to get down to the bottom of how he's feeling, and he actually said, uh, I'll give give you a little bit of this, he said he kind of en- embraces being picked on. I mean, he, he accepted that. I, I use those words, are you being picked on, and he accepts that he's being picked on, but he also likes it because he likes the challenge. He said he'd like to eventually get to where Jalen Johnson is, where, where teams don't even throw his way, but he said he's embracing this and enjoying it, and he's a very confident kid. But, no, there's, I mean, he's not been good. I mean, so... So to think no. of Justin Jefferson going up against Kyler Gordon, that's that's a tough assignment. And may, who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is his Charles Tillman game back in the day, where, yeah. where he goes up against Minnesota and stops the great Randy Moss. Maybe this will be the coming out party for Kyler Gordon because I still think he's really good. He just has not had a good start to his his career.
2: I never got the feeling that Charles Tillman's head was spinning the way I think kyler gordon's head is spinning How, especially having to play two positions that just seem so different you're facing such different players and and you're, you're trying to think you're trying to adjust to the nfl where everybody's better than you everybody's faster than you you're not the best player on the field anymore and it all funnels up and his head has to be spinning and he's trying to learn two positions and he can't get one right and by the way here comes one of the top three receivers in the league and guess what you're a target you're on. You, you're you the gold star in every quarterback's playbook, Kyler Gordon. Welcome. Congratulations. How you doing? Yeah,
3: it's not Kendall Vildor, believe it or not. And, you know, Kendall Vildor has been okay this year. He did not have a good year last year, but it has been no matter what. I mean, Kyler Gordon, like I said, I think he's going to be good. He was banged up during the, the preseason quite a bit of the time in training camp, so he did miss that. You know he comes in, you know, as a obviously a second round pick out of Washington, where they've had some really good cornerbacks. So I think eventually he's there. But of course, if, if if you are, I mean, it's again, it is minimal competency. If you are an offensive coordinator for an opposition of the Bears, go after Kyler Gordon, and they're going to keep going after him until he figures out. And who knows when that's going to be? But as we know, this is the year for all of these guys to get the, the, the long leash. Nobody's getting benched, you know, not, not yeah. now, not unless they're just completely egregiously bad. And that's not the case yet.
2: Uh, he's Mark Grody. We're going to take a break now, Mark, and we will resume our near award-winning segment. What Mark heard. Uh, we will get to the musical question of, is it Justin Fields lack of pocket awareness or Justin Fields lack of finding open receivers? That sucks more. This is a proper topic for Saturday Suckage. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
1: Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
2: Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. Want to welcome you all. We suck so you don't have to. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. That number, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the scores Tech Zone. Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Bears Mondays, that will be on Monday amazingly enough brought to you by horizon therapeutics the pregame show on the score with Molly Patrick Manley and Anthony Heron is presented by bet rivers online Sportsbook. And I know somebody else who's going to be on that pregame show. Who's going to be on every pregame show. He's my guest. He's Mark Grody.
3: That's right. I will have interviews with Valus Jones Jr. and Kyler Gordon. So I'm talking to the rookies tomorrow on the pregame show in the nine o'clock hour on WBBM, and then I will be on the the score pregame show. Starting at about ten forty tomorrow morning. I'll be live from the dome. So if you want some of the the scene setter from the dome, tune into the score around ten forty. Actually you should listen to the entire pregame show with those guys with Mike Mulligan, with with Mully, my guy Big Ant Heron, and the great Pat Manley as well. So I get to be on two pregame shows tomorrow. But the game is, we are almost 35 minutes away from it being 24 hours till kickoff for the Bears and Vikings tomorrow. So. How can the Bears make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable? We get our next What Mark Heard soundbite from the one and only Matt Bowen, who is back on the score weekly once a week with Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes. And here's what he said if you want to rattle the QB1 for the Vikes.
1: Keep him in the pocket. I don't think they want him in the pocket, really. I, I really don't. This goes back to the old coaching staff at Minnesota. I remember doing plays in the NFL matchup show, and every one of them is a boot. I mean, they're getting him to the pocket, not just outside the pocket, they're getting him to the top of the numbers. I mean, they were really moving to Minnesota where he can get outside the pocket. Where he has a much more clean throwing platform. I don't think he does well with defenders at his feet. I really don't. Now, a game this year that I would look at is going back to the Monday night game they played against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia just said, you know, we are a zone based team, but you know what? Against Kirk Cousins, we're going to send zero man pressure. And they heated him up. And when they Heated him up, he made mistakes. And that made him, Dan, going to your point, much more frenetic Mm -hmm. as the game progressed, right? Okay, so now you get some early pressure on him. You keep him in the pockets where he can't get outside to have those clean throwing platforms, have those lines of vision where he can read high to low. Let's keep him inside the pocket. Let's get after him a little bit because if you get people around his feet, then he starts to spray the ball a little bit. He's less efficient as a thrower, and he's more in a situation where he's going to give you the football.
0: It
3: is all about the pressure. When it comes to Kirk Cousins, if you can rattle him and get him thinking and get in his head, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL um, at dealing with that, Steve. So that's that's the same old formula. I don't know if the Bears are going to bring any extra, but you you get in that guy's head and he begins to melt.
2: Be a nice time for Robert Quinn to double his sack total. <laughs> you know he's on that he's on that pace. They. The, the Brett Saberhagen plan from 30 years ago, 35 years ago, odd, even years where it's just six and a half sacks in 2018, 11 and a half in 2019, then just two in 2020, 18 and a half last year and now one this year. It's I mean, amazing. Well, I, I will say the... this about Quinn.
3: And no, you were absolutely right. I, he looks good, though. Like just watching him from the sidelines, there, there, there doesn't seem to be any flaws in his game. He's still got that great bend. He just ha- is not finishing. And yeah, that that's all we expect. I understand. That's all we expect out of the the guys. Whether it's an outside linebacker in a three-four or a defensive end in a four-three, all we care about is are you getting to the quarterback? It feels like he's going to get to the quarterback. He, here's another thing about the the Vikings listen to this the Vikings are fifth in the league in first downs per game but just 15th in scoring they are also like the Bears 25th in the red zone in red zone touchdowns and then here it is when facing pressure this is from from CBS as defined by sport trader Cousins is eight for 35 87 yards and two interceptions Thirtieth in the NFL in completion percentage among qualifying quarterbacks. <laughs> so so the is game that worse of the game. than
2: Justin Fields, who is well, the starting quarterback in the NFL?
3: Yeah. Well, here's the the, the um, let's see. They, they are. I just wonder... in the league. Yeah. Oh, let's see, second to last in the league in scoring to quarterback Justin Fields, second season, the first under head coach Matt Eberflus. Um, yeah, we we know the numbers. Uh, for fields mm. and they are not good. Thirty-first in the NFL in completion percentage under pressure. For, <laughs> for okay, for so this fields. ought to be a hell of a
2: <laughs> hell of a quarterbacking game. It's yeah, there it is. Quarterbacks, so, but but the, the thing about the pressure is we know that Ibrahimos. We know his defense doesn't like to blitz. They would rather get pressure with four. Yeah, they so they have to get that pressure. You know, you know what happens when Kirk Cousins is under pressure. So would they be more likely, like suddenly here comes Roquan Smith, or suddenly here comes Kyler Gordon? You can't cover. Maybe you can corner blitz.
3: I like that. I mean, I, I specifically, I love from from day one, l- literally for Roquan Smith, his first game, they dialed up the blitz and. Mm-hmm got home on Aaron Rodgers in that first game in 2018. He's always been very good. When Roquan Smith is dialed up for a blitz, he's been very good. Now, that doesn't really – not that Allen Williams won't do that, but they are steadfast in not sending extra guys. But in this case, yeah, I mean, the corner blitz – that's a little bit more risky at this point without Jalen Johnson, with, without the recovery guys back there, with Justin Jefferson, who could easily slip behind coverage. That that makes me a little bit nervous. But I, I just think – yeah, and you're right. I mean, this game, I'm focusing on Kirk Cousins. But as we just pointed out, Justin Fields has been – it's been rough for him under pressure too so these two teams are just going to be coming at each other it's going to be interesting to watch in that
2: regard yeah john randall randon mcdaniel and all the purple people <laughs> leaders are going to be coming after what else is What's keith next? Millard, uh, in the is house uh, he the keith card. Yeah.
3: alan pay yeah. a lot of people forgot that alan page used to play for the <laughs> he was not just a bear okay let's see what else we got here <laughs>
2: Uh, That's a perfect time to drop the Alan Page voice.
3: Oh, absolutely. And it's never a bad time to drop in a little bit of Les Grobski. I mean, he hated yeah. – you know, we give him so much credit for hating Green Bay, but I hated the purple people eaters too. All right. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go from here? Let's get into the Bears' offense now. And making his first appearance in calendar year 2022 on What Mark heard will be Dave Wanstead. <laughs> He, in this case, this was Ooh. with Mully and Haw, and he talked about the Bears passing offense. Here's Wani.
0: I
4: think what's happening now, you know, the one pass that they completed to Mooney, the long pass, the one long pass, uh, it, it was like a maximum protection. I mean, they you didn't there was nobody else that I saw going out for a route. They kept everybody in to block for the most part, and they made sure that he had time. When they don't do that, unfortunately, we just we're just not good enough to protect the kid. And now here's the problem. You know, and I've said this before, and I use Russell Wilson in his prime. Russell everyone said Russell Wilson's a scrambler. No, no, no. Russell Wilson would run looking to throw. And now I'm just afraid that, you know, as I look into Justin Field's eyes, when he drops back, I don't see him looking at receivers, guys. I see him looking at the rush. And whenever the quarterback starts looking at the when the pressure starts coming, he starts looking where are they coming from, how am I going to escape and run? That's that's not good. And and I just hope that that we can that doesn't continue.
3: The one time that I saw Justin Fields scramble to throw was at Green Bay in the Sunday nighter and he was about five line, uh, five steps over the line of scrimmage. So it was mm-hmm. a penalty on him. It's a great point by Wani. I mean, he is like, at this point, and I know, here's the thing about Justin Fields. Justin Fields wants to be a thrower. He wants to throw the ball downfield. I don't think he wants to have to show off his four or three speed. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think that he's just not feeling the comfort yet. His vision is not good enough Yet, but I can tell you that at least I know that he doesn't want to be doing that. But so far, his vision has not been good enough.
2: He doesn't know what a receiver looks like when it's open in the NFL. That's a, that's a down. That's one of the downsides of playing for Ohio State. where you could just wait and wait, and eventually, oh, where they were just wide you, open. Right. Eventually, yeah. he'd come open. Yeah, it'd be wide open. Now he can't even see wide open guys. He has no field vision, and I, I think that's. That's a critical problem. Quarterbacks have gotten out of it. Much the same way, what Wani was describing is a, is a follows the pattern of a lot of rookie quarterbacks behind bad offensive lines or rookie quarterbacks who don't know how to get rid of the ball. And Justin Fields is guilty of that as anything. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know how to get rid of the ball. One of the things they learn, and one of the things that makes Aaron Rodgers incredible, and we saw that on the play that Chris Conti blew, that was an excellent example of a quarterback who learned how to get open, who learned how to buy time by scrambling in the pocket or in the backfield. Eyes were downfield. He's not looking to run. He's not taking off. He is sidestepping. He's, he, oh, however, yeah. he has to tap dance. He tap dances inside the pocket. Or left or right, he's buying time for his receivers. But he is getting, he's he's able to make make a receiver allow a receiver to get open while he's in the pocket buying time. And Justin Fields isn't close to that, and rookie quarterbacks generally aren't. And that's, that's true. One, that's one of the things we're seeing.
3: you yeah, well, and let's get into more of of okay. what we're seeing because you know the popular cut this week. And I understand it from a talk perspective. If I had been hosting shows all week, I would have jumped on the whole, you know, has Luke Getze fighting the notion that Justin Fields has had a a rough month and some of that verbiage, the back and forth, which was entertaining. But the truth is (laughs) that that Luke Getze has been mentioning all year the trouble, specific trouble areas. If you listen, if you listen to the entire Luke Getze press conference, and that's the part I'm going to give you a deep cut here. I'm not going to go with the obvious. Uh, it should be the obvious. But the, uh, there, there was just too much about that that topic. The easy pickings this week. I, I, I will say that uh, criticizing the, the industry as a whole. What I thought was, and we're going to play back-to-back cuts here, uh, Cesar Perez, to the Luke Getze cuts, uh, 93 and 94 on your score sheet at home. And the first question that I asked <laughs> L- Luke Getze was was why they struggled in the red zone, and then you will hear a, a follow-up with one of the critiques. that, And I think, like, listen to the critique that Luke Getze gives of Justin Fields in this one, because I think it's crucial. So take a listen to these two cuts. Here we go.
5: Well, this week it was. We've been pretty good so far until this game. This this is this week we stalled on first down both times. So then I put second and long, and then we only got four, three or four yards. One time we only got two. We got to take the completions when they're there. I think he passed up a couple cheap completions that get you into that second and threes, second and fours, which make the gold zone much more, a lot more uh, easy to go score. You know, so we got to improve upon that. We got to go get those little cheap completions, and we just got to execute in the run game better too. We had a couple opportunities there. One, I didn't give our guys the best opportunity. But there was two other ones that we had it exactly the way we wanted it. We just didn't execute it to our capabilities that we have been in the past. And that's a part of it, right? You have the two of the instances that I can think of. He had somebody, you know, sort of in his vision. And so he had to make a split decision. And both times, you know, one time he he decided to stick his foot in the ground and try to beat the defensive end inside. I think he took a sack, right? A two-yard sack. And Cole's in the flat as your primary receiver. You just got to manipulate the defender and make that throw. Again, that is an experienced rep. That is not a, it's not like an easy thing that you just go out there and you know how to do that. And so he's experienced it and he's gotten so much better at those as we've gone along. So that's one that I know that he wishes he had back.
3: So the last 20 seconds or so there, that's Luke Getze for better context and reference. That's him answering the question as to why Justin Fields was not making those cheap, as he put it, cheap completions in in the red zone to, hey, get them two yards closer, get them three yards closer, and he was missing those things. And that is, I I don't know, somehow nobody heard that, that that Luke Getze was making pointed criticisms of Justin Fields, but nobody wanted to hear that this week for some reason.
2: You know what? You know what would help Justin Fields? It seems to me, based on what Luke Getze said, if you're going to be, if you're going to be one of the branches of the West Coast offense, go all the way back to the West Coast offense. Go all the way back to Bill Walsh, the, the guy who wrote it, did it, the godfather of it. And what he talked about, that pass that Luke Getze talked about Justin Fields passing up, was viewed as simply a long handoff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a simple thing. We'll take the long handoff. We'll take the four yards. Now we have a manageable down and distance for the next two downs. And it may help him understand. I, I have no idea how Justin Fields thinks in those rooms. Whatever we see on the outside is not what's going on on the inside. It's not the complete picture, certainly. We don't know what kind of student he is. We don't know what kind of grasp of history or, or maybe he relishes that how did we get here how do we do this but it may help it to go back to say that's just a long handoff we do that with a running game why can't we do it with a passing game and why can't we make it more workable and then suddenly you've got more time to go from touchdown to checkdown. and I think a part of that is his mentality he wants to go touchdown to checkdown every time which we love we want to see that in a quarterback but to understand why you take that take those four yards, dump the ball off, take the four yards and frustrate the hell out of the other team. Cause then when it's third and two, you got everything open for you.
3: Yeah. Yep. And I know I, I will be looking very forward to seeing what the bears do differently when they do get into the red zone this week. And I understand, you know, Luke he did start it off. by said, well, this was really our only rough game, you know, in the red zone. But it was pretty terrible. You know what I mean? Like, when when you got to settle for four field goals in a game, that's bad. So, you know, we'll see. This is a a, a step up in class from the Giants to Minnesota. But if we're talking about making progress and not so not so much worried about the scoreboard and who wins the game, the progress that has to be seen. And, man, I feel like we've been talking about, even in previous years with Matt Nagy, the red zone has been
2: an issue. It is. It is, or gold zone, or whatever he's calling yeah. it. Yeah, what do we got time for <clears throat> here, do we, have...
3: we got time for another cut or no?
2: Sure. Oh, okay. My... I got all the time in the world for you. Okay.
3: I mean, I don't want to take any time away from Paul Sullivan or Mark Dave... Potash, you no. know.
2: Okay. There's a, as long as there's a Dave the Cat update that, in, in, that we cap this with. Okay? okay no, so There, there will be. The... There will be. Okay. All right.
3: All right. Let me. Let me uh, this is the. Oh, boy. This one right here. This is uh, Ross Tucker, who was also on the, the, the Molly and Haw show. It's been a good week for Molly and Haw on what Mark heard. The, this is Ross Tucker. He says that the Bears are, are you ready for this, Steve? Ruining Justin Fields
0: look at all of the like the sack reel to try to determine how many of them I feel like are directly on Justin, how many of them he didn't really have much of a chance. But the concern I had before the year in terms of him becoming a broken quarterback, I was about to say broken man, not a broken man necessarily, but a broken quarterback, that's where we're at right now. Where we're at in my mind is Does it get so bad that he's never able to come back from it? Statistically, in the history of the NFL, the answer would be yes. That it's already so bad that he's never really going to be able to come back from this Hmm. to be a good quarterback. I would submit to you, I think it's too small a sample size. Through four games, young kid, new offense, terrible O-line, Terrible receivers, but I am worried that they're ruining him.
3: I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) I mean, I think that we've seen a rough start to Justin Fields' career, and it was a rough year last year. It has been a rougher year so far this year but i think that the the that there is culpability that Justin Fields must take in all of this too. It's not ideal. It's not ideal right now because you've got developing offensive linemen. You've got two developing offensive linemen. You've got a rookie in Braxton Jones. You've got Larry Borum on the other side who is still developing. He didn't play a lot last year. He didn't play a huge yeah. part last year. He was all over the place. So and now you have injured Cody White here but all of this occurring really before the Cody. So I'm not I'm not going to inject the cody Whitehair excuse yet starting tomorrow you may if you'd like but you know you have an an offensive lineman and lucas patrick who is i think honestly feeling a little bit uh, out of place playing guard right now uh, i think that he wants to ideally be in at center and i think he will i don't think that will start tomorrow but i think that eventually that will get straightened out and we'll see how long cody Whitehair is out
2: and Tevin Jenkins, he's learning that position too. So he is. That's Sam a great Must, point. Sam right. is has become a rolling tollway.
3: <laughs> they have been targeting the, the interior. There is no doubt about it. There's no doubt about
2: it. All right. So 847-Texture, Rosenblum, you might benefit start listening to some of the other shows on this radio station, the professional quarterback analysis, because you have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you listening to Saturday Seconds. You're welcome to call up and tell me specifically what I have no idea about. But guess what? The quarterback looks ill-fitting. I think I've been pretty consistent in that. And he's got the three worst things a quarterback could have. He went to Ohio State. He was drafted by Ryan Pace. And he's a bear. Nobody has come back from that. No quarterback I mean, has ever I, I, come I, I, back I, I, from that.
3: I, I, I'm not sure how you could look at what Fields has done so far and be like thumbs up. I think you could look at him and say, yeah, he's still going to be good. I, I still think that Justin Fields is going to be good. Hasn't we haven't seen it yet though?
2: So, I uh, gave the cat update before we go more. Before we let um, you head Dave up is, to. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, sure. Well, Dave is right now. He is. Um, sitting in his little Dave house. He's got a little house that he likes. <laughs> little that, Dave that house. My, my nieces actually gave me this house and put it together for me. It's a little Christmas house that we keep oh. up year-round here, and he is right now cuddled up in that house and pretending not to listen to every anything that's going on. He just opened up one eye and stared at me. So And he... I'll be abandoning him for the next two nights. So luckily, I have a very nice neighbor that will be that lives down the hall from me so no don't try any funny stuff out there um and she will be taking care of dave the cat um for me while i am gone so um and he you know he does not take well the strangers but I, I she will be giving him food and i think that that will please him very much
2: yes all right did he open his eyes it's because you promised to leave town and you, <laughs> and you're still here
3: What's that? What's that?
2: Did Dave the cat open his eye because one of his eyes? Because you promised to leave town. You were leaving, and you're still <laughs> here, and he still hears your voice.
3: Dude, it's a, it's a bachelor Dude. weekend for Dave, man. He uh, I don't know what goes on. I don't know what goes on around here when I'm not here, because you know, Week, weekend
2: like, of Dave's. It's going to be a new Animal Planet. I don't think he likes yeah. it.
3: I don't think he likes because I when I get home from these little two day trips, he does not leave my side when I walk back in. So he I, look. I'm a good cat owner. I entertain my cat. We have play time. We have affection time. We have eating time, drinking time, and God, do we have sleeping time. So that's that's the life of a cat right there.
2: The, there you go. Congratulations. I'm glad, glad to hear that. All right. Hi, Dave, and thanks, Mark. We appreciate but, it. Yeah, thanks bye, to Steve. On. I'll talk Safe travel.
3: Yeah, thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
2: All right. Mark Roddy will be on the Scores pregame show. That will be tomorrow with Molly and Patrick Manley and Big Ann Heron. Um, and that one is presented by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bears Mondays this season presented by Horizon Therapeutics. As long as we talk about Bears quarterbacks and I know nothing. I came across a stat from Joey Ice, the frozen guy at my Trader Joe's, that, that screams it has to be mentioned. We'll get to Paul Sullivan at the top of the hour. We'll talk Sox managers and, and that morass of embarrassment and how the Cubs are going to win the Super Bowl next year. But first, this Bears sad quarterback fact, maybe the worst stat ever. I needed to share that. Saturday suckage, and this fits in perfectly. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.
1: Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday Suckage on 670, the score in Odyssey Station.
2: Welcome in, welcome back. Top of the hour, talk with Paul Sullivan, Chicago Tribune. We'll talk baseball, talk why the Chicago Hate Sox are the way they are and what the Cubs have going on and how much money they're going to spend in the baseball playoffs. And by the way, you hit home runs and you win baseball games in the postseason. And That's, that's a pretty important thing. I would suggest the White Sox try that. And the, the idea that they can't, that they aren't, it's just, I don't get it. I don't know. And the White Sox don't seem like they want to be your friends anymore. And they're just not having any of your, like you don't have, like you're a White Sox fan, you don't have, you don't have a right to be angry, mad, snarky, sarcastic. You just i will tell you what it is. And by the way, there's I'll bring up with Sully this idea about who they have to hire as a manager to make him, and the manager has to be metrics savvy or metrics pliable. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But first, I came across this. Joey Ice, the frozen guy from my Trader Joe, sent this to me and it's a Brendan Chagreux note. And he, he writes about the bears. And I think this is maybe the most embarrassing Bears quarterback stat ever. I know it's a big statement. We can put it to a vote. We can have an online poll. But his tweet went like this. Want to hear hear a sad Bears fact? Tom Brady has 23,996 career passing yards and 174 TDs in his 40s alone. That's 500 more yards and 20 more TDs than the Bears' all-time leading passer, Jay Cutler. Which means, buckle up, Tom Brady playing only in his 40s would be the Bears' leading passer in team history. Over to you, Ted Phillips. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. (laughs) That was Ted Phillips trying to justify bringing back Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Understand. We just talked about Tom Brady as a 40 year old plus man being the greatest passer. His stats would rank him first by a lot in bears history And Ted Phillips, one of the two head clowns up there, choosing general managers and approving coaches, talking about, that was the collaboration press conference. That was the collaboration press conference in which George and Ted allowed Ryan Pace, owe for everything as a, a, a man choosing quarterbacks, to potentially, and as it turned out, choose the bears next quarterback. And it is Justin Fields out of Ohio state where no pro quarterback ever succeeds, where no pro quarterback ever succeeds in the pros. Nobody's a franchise quarterback coming out of Ohio state. So Ted Phillips was talking about, did we get the quarterback situation, right? No, you didn't. And then we let those same failures choose and coach this guy again. And now, Justin Fields is the worst-rated starting quarterback, and he threw for 174 yards, which marks his most productive game this season. So, Ted Phillips, we thank you for that. Time to change subjects. We're going to go to... If you hate the Bears, you'll hate the White Sox. We're going to discuss that with Paul Sullivan next. Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The Score.
1: Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Listen to every MLB game live. In the
2: deep left center field. It is high.
1: It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.